Hi friends, welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm Stacey Bellward, and today I will be talking with Jim and Lynn Jackson, co-founders of Connected Families about empathy. We want our kids to think about other people's feelings. That's empathy, right? But it's not always automatic, is it? We all know that awful feeling when our child hurts another child. Well, sometimes kids can be pretty selfish and not think about other people's feelings. So can we teach empathy to kids? Where would we start? There's lots of questions that I'm going to be working through with Jim and Lynn Jackson today. Jim and Lynn, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Stacey. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking about empathy, this topic that has become increasingly known and researched in this generation, thanks to some cool people like Brene Brown and others. It has. So let's start off by, let me just ask you the question. Let's define empathy. What is it? What is it not? And is it an even in the Bible? Like, is this a biblical concept? Yeah, let me dive in to start, Stacey, just with a quick definition of empathy. It's the ability that people have to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. It's about understanding the experience, the perspective, the feelings of another human being. It's in very short supply these days. And to the notion of whether this is a biblical concept, Lynn, well, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 is one of our favorite verses. And it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There is so much in those two verses. And it's clear that empathy is about having an awareness of our weaknesses as people. My weaknesses as a parent, the weaknesses of my child, because that's what Jesus did. He, he was tempted. He felt weak, but he didn't sin. But he understands what it's like to feel tempted and be weak in the face of it. And so it's also really cool to see the impact that it has on us, the receiver. So like a parent giving to a child, then we can come to grace with confidence that we'll get help when we need it. And that's when our kids need our help the most. It starts with empathy mm. from us to them because we get what it's like to be a struggling human. So Jim, you said it's walking a mile in someone else's shoes. And that feels like I understand them. There's an understanding yeah. of what you're walking through. For me in my faith, I love knowing that Jesus walked through the same emotion and feelings yeah. that I have. He understands me. That's empathy, isn't it? St. Mm -hmm. Francis talked about, uh, yeah, I forget the name of the prayer or even if it has a name, but he, you know, he just talks about, Lord, help me to understand better than I'm understood. You know, this idea mm. of coming alongside people with a nature of care that says to them, I get what it's like to be you. And that references the scripture verse that Lynn is talking about. That's what Jesus did for us. He can help us because he gets us. Love that. So I know that this comes easier and harder for some people, but the question is, can we teach empathy to our kids? Absolutely. Empathy is really about brain function and brain function. Thanks to creator's lovely concept of neuroplasticity, brains can change and grow even in old people like me, but for sure in children, it's about brain structure. And there's actually a place in the right side of the frontal cortex where the seat of empathy is. And so it's just about doing the kinds of things that nurture those little pathways as a child matures. 
So we all have the brain function to be empathetic. Is Mm -hmm. that what you're saying, Lynn? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But it does take development because in some kids, it's a lot more naturally underdeveloped than it is in other children. Okay. I think we're going to come back to that in a minute, but first, let me ask you, why does teaching empathy matter? Oh my goodness. Think about all the relationships that depend on empathy. When we want to launch our children to independence in the college dorm or to choosing a spouse or trying to have family relationships or get along in the workplace to be Mm -hmm. able to step into someone else's shoes so that you can solve problems well together is just a huge skill in life. And there's lots and lots of research about emotional intelligence that being a key to a successful, productive life that consciously teaching empathy is one of the best things that parents can do for their kids. And I would add, you know, the Bible is full of commands in the New Testament, what we ought to do with, to, for one another. They're called Mm -hmm. the one another's. Love one another, have compassion on one another, bear one another's burdens. To function well in the body of Christ as a burden bearer, as a lover of others, as a one compassionate for others, we need to have a mindset about what it's like to be another. You know, there's a story, I forget who I first heard it from, but some, it might've been Charles Swindoll was on a train one day, headed back to home from work and he was tired and impatient. And he, he sat down next to somebody whose child was totally out of control on the train and he started to form thoughts about what was happening. This parent needs a lesson. They need to get this kid under control. What is wrong with that guy? That was all me-focused sort of thinking. And toward the end of the train ride, the guy looked up at him and said, I'm so sorry. I've just learned from the doctor that my wife only has a couple of days to live and I just don't have much energy to, to take care of my son right now. And immediately the shift, the focus changed from a me-centered way of thinking to a one another way of thinking because of empathy. Like, oh my gosh, here's what it's like to be this guy. Mm-hmm. I allow myself into their shoes, into their experience, into their feelings. And from that point, I'm able to offer a type of biblical compassion and caring that is free of my judgments, my selfishness, my sin, and can attend to the needs of another human being. Oh, that's a powerful story. A little convicting, isn't it, that we so often jump to our own judgments about what's going on mm-hmm. is really the opposite of empathy, isn't it? Empathy is working to understand what's happening in the other person. Yep. And it's counterproductive or counterintuitive. It's very productive, but it's counterintuitive for parents to miss this. It's it's counterintuitive for parents to get this with their kids because we've been sort of taught and trained to get immediate obedience and to not tolerate disrespect and to, to not allow our kids to do this or that, or to demand that they do this, that, or the other thing when we request it. And, you know, there's merit to some of this, but if, if we don't have a lens on as we try to teach and train our children in the way they should go, we forget what it might like to be them and what's making it difficult for them right now. And if we can come at those issues, those requests as parents with an eye of empathy toward our children, we better become their helpers. Jesus can help us because he gets us. Moms, dads, you can help your kids better when you get them. So what is empathy not? Do you know what just happened? How does she feel right now? That's just a noise to a child. That doesn't teach a child empathy. Empathy is not, I know how you feel. You know what? I'm looking at you right now and I know you're really disappointed. You're really struggling. I know. And I'm going to tell you how you feel with sort of a condescending posture. Empathy is not condescending. It's not judging. It's not quick to decide what 
you should decide. So, but Lynn, I'm thinking of what parents might say and how they might experience working out empathy in the beginning. And it might feel like you're justifying their behavior. Like they're, they're having a hard time. And so you're almost telling them that they have a right to be behaving the way that they're behaving. Sure. Yeah. It reminds me of, I love working with a, a PhD psychologist named Ann Lane, who's becoming a good friend. And she told a story about her son who has had some neurological issues and struggled through the adoption process and, and has struggled with with some really big emotions and she has learned to really step into empathy without judgment. And so if he would say something really disrespectful or hurtful, she would often say, oh, buddy, you must be feeling really bad to have said something like that. It's this wonderful statement of, I'm acknowledging what you already know, which is that you said something that you shouldn't have said that was hurtful. But I'm also letting you know that I'm more concerned about how awful you feel about the hurt inside your heart mm. that's erupting as this explosion than I am about getting the respect that I deserve. Mm. And his brain is just rewired over the last few years with just this compassionate, empathetic approach. And he's so empathetic to other people now. He came to her once recently and he was really struggling. He had these big emotions inside and, you know, the kind that would tempt him to make a poor choice about, you know, an outlet for those big emotions. And he said to his mom, mom, I think, I think I, I'm, I, I'm really upset. I think I need an old buddy right now. Oh, <laughs> I think I need an old buddy. No, I need an old buddy. Oh. I, I think I need an old buddy right oh, now. I just buddy. need your compassion and empathy because that's so calming to me. Yeah. And then I can deal with these big feelings and figure out a respectful way to resolve them. So Stacy, on the flip side, I, I think the short answer to this question that you asked, what is empathy not? It's not weak. It's not soft. It's not wimpy. It's not enabling. It actually wins us influence with our kids to gain a platform for effective teaching. So what mm -hmm. it's not letting kids get off the hook, what it is, is helping kids know you're for them, even if the thing that you're going to keep them accountable for might be a difficult thing for them to go through right now. You know, I know there are parents who are afraid of sort of this snowflake thing that some people talk about and everybody's got to be understood and everybody's got to feel heard and everybody, I mean, I get that you can take that to the degree that nobody's accountable for stuff. So we find our balance though, when we learn to live listen, understand, and empathize with our kids, and then work in that place toward more accountability. Okay, we're going to go to a break. And after that, I'm going to ask you about different personalities and how to teach empathy to different personalities. And then just how do we get started with this? Imagine your kids would be best friends with a house full of laughter, fun, and cute memory-making moments. Here you are struggling with constant fighting, badgering, and teasing. You know your kids are capable of a close relationship, but even with all your effort, you feel like you're getting nowhere. And sometimes you wonder if you're making things even worse. Well, what if you could use the inevitable conflict between your kiddos and actually strengthen their relationship? We want you to know it is possible. Connected Families has a self-paced five-session online course that's called Sibling Conflict. Follow the link in our show notes to register and help move your kids from bickering to bonding. 
All right, Jim and Lynn, we're back after the commercial and we've been talking about what empathy is and what it's not. And so I just want to ask you, you know, I have two girls, they're teenagers now, but one is inclined toward empathy. She always has been ever since she was just little, little and the other one less. So as a parent, how do you start teaching kids empathy when they're just so different. I think it's really important to just recognize, go back to that piece about brain function and recognize that it has a lot to do just with the structure of their brain. And it's not like one child is this golden child with all this wonderful empathy and the other one's cold hearted. But oftentimes a lack of empathy can be a reflection on the fact that that child is in a more chronic state of anxiety and stress the child with less empathy. Because when we are in anxiety and stress state, it shuts down a lot of the frontal lobe functions, especially that empathy piece, because the brain is starting to think I'm in maybe a little survival situation here and I got to fend for myself and I have to, to do whatever protects my interests. And so empathy doesn't develop as easily or as well in those children that are more stressed and anxious because they're busy trying to figure out where the next threat is going to come from. So to be able to understand that and then to recognize the most important thing I can do to start this ball rolling is to help my child feel really safe with me so that they come out of that fight or flight state and they can begin to just function in the realm of relational connection and feelings awareness. And this whole issue of how our kids' brains are wired and what sort of stress they're under and you know these underlying sorts of issues, for sure, something we see parents often overlook. It could actually be that the most empathetic child appears to be the least empathetic because of how difficult it is to be a sensitive human and how closed they get and really unwilling to feel remorse or feel sadness even for other people. So sometimes that's what over empathy looks like in a child, it looks like not much empathy. But, you know, we also know personalities are different. And I would say, you know, if you're to measure Lynn's empathy versus mine, when we first got into marriage, I'll leave you all to guess who was where, but one of us was probably more empathetic than the other. Sure. <laughs> I think I can guess. Part of it is about, about how we're raised. And part of it is about our personality. And part of it is about our current brain state. And it's, you know, it's this complicated thing. You know, you've done all the same things with the daughters. And over time, you've seen one is more more empathetic than the other. I think your question is, how do I help that one who's less naturally empathetic to be a little more empathetic? Right? Yeah, yes, it is. So, and that's where we're going is how as parents, do we start to teach our kids empathy? Where do we start? I know that at Connected Families, everything we do goes through the framework, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It's the foundation for all the topics that we address. So we've said that empathy can be taught, that sometimes given personality or struggles, the things that we just discussed, it might be more difficult for one than the other. So we're just going to like lay that out there. Where do we as parents start? Well, we start with where if we're looking at the framework, which is our go-to thing, it's the challenge is what's going on in me about my child related to this. I hated um, that. I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> no, I hated it. And you've often asked me about it. <laughs> no, we like, both had our moments with that yeah. question because it forces us, right, to look at us first. Like parents always want to figure out how to fix their child. And the starting place is always to work on us. Mm -hmm. So if I'm entering with judgments, my child perceives that. And Jim was just talking about judgments, but it really is a starting place. What are my judgments about my child? This kid just doesn't care. He's so selfish. She's a narcissist. She never thinks about other people. If 
I enter with those judgments, I'm entering in a threatening, intimidating, I'm against you way, even if I'm, you know, trying to smile and act really calm, our kids, they know what's going on in our hearts, and it will shut down their frontal lobes, get them into fight or flight, I got to defend myself, it'll short circuit any attempt to teach empathy, a thoughtful inner look is just such a great starting place for any parent, you know, setting aside some of those beliefs and embracing beliefs like my child can learn this. And and to think about the little ways you've seen empathy in small ways or caring in that child and go, I can grow this with God's help coming alongside me. We can grow this child to just grow in empathy and compassion for others so that they can walk in the calling God has for them. So it's this shift of heart in the parent that really is the starting place. I just want to add one thing to that. And that is that, you know, once the heart shifts, then the behavior can shift. And really the quickest way to teach my child empathy is to be able to express sincere empathy to them. Mm -hmm. That's where it goes next. Because if all we do is talk about it, but then we don't exemplify it, our kids just read that as a disconnect or as hypocrisy or as any number of different things, but it doesn't sink into them as life experience. It doesn't feel like it's real. Okay, so I just want to make this super duper practical. And in my mind, I'm thinking sibling conflict, which is is often right the place where parents want one child to feel empathy. They want the other one to feel what they did to the other one, right? Like, can you see you just hurt your sister? You just, you know, wrecked her things. You just went in her room or, you know, you, you borrowed something without asking like all of the things. And the parent has the judgment towards the child who, you know, what should we say? Like, offended the other one. So you're saying I need to withhold that judgment and work on my own personal empathy with the one who was doing the offending and show them empathy. Yeah, that's good, Stacey. You've listened extremely well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's why kids stay stuck because it's so hard to do. We want to enter with our judgments. We feel like mama or papa bear protective of the child that may be at a disadvantage. So it's really being able to engage like Jesus did of like, you know, I know at times when I felt selfish and just or run over someone else's feelings, I kind of relate to that. So mm-hmm. how can I engage with a way that shows my child that I understand and I get that it's hard and you really wish you had shirts or shoes like your sister or a Lego toy like your brother or whatever it is and engaging with the empathy. And that immediately starts to calm the brain when a child gets an I'm for you message, but they really can detect that sincerity. And I've seen this over and over with coaching clients. There was a a coaching client who had just a great story of, she had an older daughter that struggled a lot in sibling conflict. The mom was working on this empathy piece and the daughter came to her just furious. And she just looked at her and said, it's so hard, isn't it? When he does these little things to get you in trouble. And it just, it's really frustrating frustrating, isn't it? I mean, she just like stepped into her daughter's shoes and the daughter just like started crying because she was finally understood. And she went back and resolved the conflict with her brother, even got him some candy, (laughs) asked if she could mom for some candy from their family stash.
stash to give to her brother. And it was this total change of her heart because her mom stepped into true sincerity of understanding how hard it was to be her. So good. I, I think that a lot of listeners are going to just kind of feel this eye-opening moment because we do have this judgment of why can't you understand the other person's feelings? Why can't you, you know, get that it wasn't okay to hit right. the child on the playground? And so we're upset the child can't get empathy. And yet we're not giving the child empathy. We're not working to show empathy and give him. So we're not modeling it or demonstrating it. And so that first step, because that's the main question we're asking here is how do I start? Ask myself what's going on in me so that I am practicing empathy even in those moments. Right. I want to share a little piece out of the sibling course, Stacey, uh, as it relates to empathy. It's a little bit layered, so bear with me. But you know, one of the things that parents frequently report they do when their kids get in squabbles is they figure out, you know, who the bad person was and they, you know, send them to the room and they say things like, you know what, that is not okay to treat your little sister that way. You may Mm -hmm. not do that. Don't you know what it's like to be her? You go to your room and don't come out until you can say you're sorry, which then compels the child to go to their room for as long as it takes for them to muster up the courage to come out and lie to us that they're sorry most of the time because kids just want to get on with life and they'll say what they have to because I didn't ask them to come out when you're sincerely sorry and you can work this out with your sister in an empathetic way. I just said, go do this behavioral thing and then you can come out of your room. Well, what I just did was I missed a great opportunity to empathize on a few fronts. The first is with that person who you're talking to. Wow, you still are having a hard time with respect for your younger sibling, aren't you? I get that sometimes those little ones can really get under our skin and that I get that you really love that toy that she broke. And I, I so understand all that. That's really hard, isn't it, buddy? Yes, mom, that's hard. Now I've modeled empathy, the nature of empathy that maybe at some point that older sibling could demonstrate toward the younger sibling, but probably not tomorrow. <laughs> it's got to be a pattern and a habit for a while. And so then I can say to the child, you know, when you really feel sorry, why don't you go over here and take a break? And when you're ready to write a note or do something to make things right with your little sister, let's talk and work it out with her. So there's option over here for empathy. Then with the younger sibling, you know, you can go to that sibling while sibling A is in the room. You can go to sibling B and say, boy, this is really hard, isn't it? You got picked on and you really like that toy that your big brother has. And what would you like to do with that? And would you like to start making a plan of your own to maybe get one someday? day. And yeah, because you really love that thing, don't you? And then you do that thing and you break it. And how does your heart feel after you broke it? I don't know. Yeah. I know sometimes when I do stuff with other people's things that I shouldn't, I feel bad kind of inside about it until I make it right. Is that how you feel a little bit? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And so now, I mean, I'm not even going to take the time to go into it, but you can see where this is heading between sibling and sibling. Now I can work them toward understanding one another and then working out their solution ultimately without me so Mm -hmm. that they learn and are trained to be empathetic toward one another. And from that place of empathy, make true resolution to the issues between them. So good. And the foundation of what I heard in that little scenario that you made is what we teach in the framework, which is safe. Your judgments were set aside. You were using questions. You were dealing with each of them in a calm manner and then drawing out of them empathy and by gently asking questions. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, you're safe. And I think the message you're capable is really deeply embedded in there too. You're capable of understanding another person and starting to work things out for yourself. 
And I think we're going to dive into that a lot in our next podcast. We are. Let me just end with this because it strikes me that scenario was in the heat of the moment. But how do we start to show empathy outside of the heat of the moment? Like if our family just needs work on empathy, any thoughts on incorporating it into our daily lives? Well, we're going to actually talk a lot about that in our next podcast, because it really comes under the heading of you're capable of learning empathy. There's so many good learning tools that you can do with kiddos, but just even being aware of your own modeling is a good starting place. It's like, what do you share about your own feelings? Are you just a soldier on, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. raised to work through any difficult feelings and not complain? Or, you know, do your feelings come out in angry, hurtful ways? Or how do you model your self, boy, I'm really feeling frustrated right now. And, and I just need to take a breath and a break. Or, you know, I'm so sad and disappointed that our trip to the park got canceled. And now we're all cooped up in here. But let's think of a fun game to play, you know, so what are we modeling as parents about awareness of our own feelings and how we process them? Because that's really what our kids will be looking to. It's like, oh, it's good to figure out your feelings. And and oh, and then we can solve them too once we know what they are. So that's, that's just a good everyday in and out thing that we have a lot of control over and that we can make a habit. And I think too, even more proactive than that, we used to play game with our kids. Saturday mornings, lounging around. Come on, kids, come on over here. We're going to play the face game. And Lynn or me, we would make a face. And, you know, it could be a crazy wild face, could be an angry face, could be a hat. And then we would say to the kids, when I make that face, what am I feeling? And we would invite them to look at that face and make an assessment. And how do you know? And have you ever felt that way before? And what face do you make when you do it? Ah, isn't this fun to learn about feelings and learn to understand each other's feelings? What about confused? What does that look like, everybody? On the count of three, one, two, three, let's all do confused. You know, and just have a bunch of fun with it, but in a way that is deepening the sense in our kids about paying attention to what it's like to be somebody else and how they might feel based on what I see in them. So good. So good. We're going to talk a lot more about feelings and emotions in our next podcast. Are you guys okay if we carry this talk on empathy on for one more podcast? Yeah, there's lots to talk about, isn't there? So we'll see you next time, Jim and Lynn. There is so much more to talk about on this topic of empathy, and we're going to continue the conversation in our next episode. Hey friends, we want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment or even feel free to leave a parenting question. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe now. Our next podcast will be part two of my conversation with Jim and Lynn Jackson about empathy. For more information about Connected Families and about any of our online courses, including Sibling Conflict, go to ConnectedFamilies.org. See you next time.